Welcome to Innovating Education, a podcast brought to you by the Brock Leadership Lab for Innovation, located at Oklahoma State University, Tulsa. We introduce you to leading changemakers whose innovative ideas are shaping the rapidly evolving educational landscape. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Ed Harris and Dr. Gentry Olson. Well, we have a special guest this morning. We have John Brock, founder of Brock Prize of Education Innovation. We're going to get to know him a little better. And so the first question we have for you, John, is just to tell us about your story, where you grew up, where you went to school. Well, Ed, I was born in Durant, Oklahoma, 10 miles from Texas. I uh, grew up in Oklahoma City, uh, had attended class in high school there, graduated and went to the University of Oklahoma. Okay. So at the University of Oklahoma, I believe you studied geological engineering, correct? I did. And how did you become interested in engineering? Well, I've always had uh, some engineering skills, math, science, always interested me. I started out in the business school and because that's what my father wanted me to do, but uh, he, he was long dead at the time. I uh, decided that business school wasn't for me after one semester, and I, well, I went into engineering then. That's good. And, you know, having a degree at OU, being a Sooner, we won't hold that against you here being at Oklahoma State presently. But I actually have a degree from OU, too. So we're kindred spirits. You know, so you have this degree in geological engineering, a long, successful career in oil and gas, which you still are active in today. How did you become so passionate about education? Well, I've always been interested in uh, making things happen and for our country and our community. And um, I was wanted to do what I could. And uh, so I thought, well, what is our biggest problem in this world? And I came down to the fact that uh, I think it's uh, education. It's ignorance. Yeah, Education is the only way you solve the problem of ignorance. That's good. So if I remember right, your wife was a school teacher. Is that correct? She was. Uh, I have an aunt that taught school. My wife taught school. I have a daughter that's a school teacher. I have a daughter-in-law that's a school teacher. <laughs> and uh, we all believe in education in the Brock family. That's great. So there's a history of a passion there. Yes. That's excellent. I love that. So, John, I know that you're in good health. And just a couple of weeks ago, you celebrated your 91st birthday. I also know that personally, you're up at 6 o'clock every morning and you're at work round date. And so not many people at 91 can do that. So what is your secret to good health? Well, Ed, uh, I wish I could tell you what the secret <laughs> to good health was. I'd have to say I was lucky and had good genes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's held me in good stead all these years. All right. You have a special diet that you have? Well, I'm careful what I eat. I try to uh, eat healthily, do everything in moderation. That seems to have worked. I've always heard like a glass of wine is good for your health. And be, I that, like that too. Okay, good, <laughs> good, good. I'm taking notes over here. It's <laughs> good. It's all right. So Gentry wants to make it to 91. That's right. So, yeah. so he, <laughs> this is going to be really good. All right. So I know that you have also achieved quite a bit of success financially and with your family and with just uh, pretty much in almost every area that you've endeavored to go in. And so, first of all, before we find out your secret of success, how do you actually even find success? Well, I think uh, the important thing is how you feel about it. Hmm. I really don't care what other people think about it. I, it's how you feel about it. And I 
if you feel like you've done well and you've uh, achieved what you want to achieve and live the life you want to live, that's success. And you've obviously done that. So in your mind, and when you were thinking about success, what was that and how did you achieve it? Of course, when you start out as making money, yeah, you do that by uh, picking the right career that fits your skills, doing the work necessary to make it happen. I early really rise that. and early. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Early to rise. I need to take notes on that. You know, I'm a little curious. Just, you know, you started your career, you finished at OU, go into the field. As you moved up in the profession and became, you know, more successful within the oil and gas industry, what were some of the lessons you learned along the way? Oh, my gosh, there's lots of lessons. You know, I have that little green book on yeah. leadership, life, and career. Mm-hmm. And I wrote them all down there. It takes about a half hour to read them. <laughs> but uh, uh, don't deal with crooks. Always be on, tell the truth. Treat everybody with respect and do the best you can. That's good. I know one of the things in there was leave the world a better place. And uh, that's always stuck with me. In fact, that's sort of how I define success, trying to leave the world a better place. Do you have anything to say about that? Well, I think uh, if you ask me what my motto was, it's uh, leave every place better than you found it. Yes, that's good. Yes. And education is a good way to do that. So. Do you have any heroes? I have lots of heroes. Okay. You're one of my heroes. Oh, matter of fact. <laughs> what an honor. Yeah. Well, you know, one of my favorite heroes is uh, Winston Churchill. And uh, he's a guy that faced a lot of adversity yeah. and overcame it and succeeded in, in spite of all the uh, opposition he ran into. And uh, I think we all have to think in those terms. Yes, I think so, too. I think heroes are important in this day and time. We mm-hmm. need to look to someone that we aspire to be or that we admire and also someone that their goals are attainable. In other words, it's not Superman or, you know, Batman or someone with superhuman skills, but someone just that really has made it. And I think that's very important in this day and time. Well, everyone has skills mm-hmm. and you have to maximize your skills. Nobody is a, is infallible. The ones that maximize their skills and work hard at it are the ones that are going to succeed and be heroes. I have a question in there. You know, being a younger person earlier in my career, I'm sure that you had different people along your journey that served as mentors and people that you've mentored along the way, professionally, personally. How is the role of a mentor or being a mentee placed in your career and in your life? Well, in my little green book that I, I suggest, uh, which is given to students ordinarily, I suggest they find somebody that in their organization, not necessarily in their line of uh, command, mm-hmm. that uh, they admire and uh, succeeding in his field and uh, kind of attach themselves to his shirt tails <laughs> and uh, help him. And right. uh, when they help him, he'll help them. Right. That's good. Well, we just celebrated the 20th Brock Prize Award and awarded our laureate. I know that that's a big part of what you do and how you have tried to change the world with that. And so why did you start the prize? Well, there are a lot of people that are kind of unsung heroes Mm. that uh, have done wonderful things. And uh, I think that we need to bring them to the attention of people who are trying to do the same thing. I find uh, people have done an outstanding job at education, and I bring them to the attention of the educators 
and the people who fund education, the the uh, uh, legislators, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the reason for the prize. One of the things I like about the prize is that it, it awards <coughs> ideas, and ideas are so important in what we do. Ideas are what really change the world. Ideas put into practice, mm-hmm. and so why did you think about that? Why did you, why was the the concept of ideas and how they make an impact so important to your thinking in the prize? Well, it's not just ideas. It's ideas that have been proven. Mm. I have a lot of ideas. Most of them are not good, but uh, we're we're picking the good ones that have demonstrated success. And uh, that's the way you change things. Mm -hmm. I think if you're doing the same thing you did five years ago, you're probably doing it incorrectly. So we have to always uh, upgrade our ideas and our methods and improve upon them. And that's why we're looking for new ideas to improve what we're doing and we've been doing. This is the uh, 20th anniversary. And one of the things I really like about the prize is that it's about ideas that make an impact and make a difference. And in your thinking, this is since this, we've had this 20 years, the thinking before you started the prize and now, how has it really changed your thinking in your life? Well, we've learned a lot since we started. When we started out, I had in mind teaching techniques and that sort of thing. And uh, we've gotten uh, so that we think have been thinking bigger and is how to change the whole system. Teaching techniques still important. I still think that if we can have a magic way to learn to teach people to read, that would be wonderful. Right. Because that's uh, the most important thing we do for people is teach them to read. Mm-hmm. But we've evolved into uh, thinking more about the entire system. Yeah, that's good. Systems thinking is important, right? Yeah. You focus in on that aspect of teaching and learning, which is instrumental to growth and development. But if the system itself isn't working effectively, it's hard to implement those 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 practices. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. I'm curious, you know, you've been able to highlight through the Brock Prize the way that a few really distinguished individuals have kind of changed the world or have changed people in their sphere of influence. How has the Brock Prize changed you as a person? Well, I keep learning things. And uh-huh. I've, I've learned a lot yeah. in this uh, 20 years. Yeah. So uh, changed me as a person. I don't know that it's really affected my character, but uh, it's given me a lot more confidence that education is the most important thing we do. Hmm. That's really good. Yeah. And clearly you're a a lifelong learner yourself. Yes. I always try to learn something new every day. Well, that's pretty powerful in and of itself. One other thing, John, I know that you're in a book club. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, um, I think reading is the most important way to learn things. And uh, I love learning. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really what the book club does for me is get new ideas. And uh, you do this with uh, a group of people that, add synergy to you. Yeah. Your I love that. reading. I've been thinking about starting a book club. It's actually been in my mind. I'm curious, how long have you been in this book club? Well, it's been about uh, 10 or 15 years, I guess. That's cool. So how often do you guys meet? Nine months, nine times a year. Nine times a year. Okay. And how does it work? I mean, how do you come up with a book? Well, when someone reads a book or hears about a book that they uh, think we ought to read, they present it to the group. And if the group agrees to it, then uh, they have to lead the discussion hmm. at the appointed time after everyone has read the book. What are some of the books that have really made an impression on you? 
Well, I just finished the biography of James Baker III. It's called The Man Who Ran Washington. And uh, he turns out he's exactly my age, had exactly the same background. And he ran um, Gerald Ford's campaign for president, uh, Mm -hmm. Bush's campaign for president, Mm -hmm. ran the second campaign of Reagan's, Mm -hmm. was Reagan's chief of staff, and so on. He's very important to him. Mm -hmm in uh, the life of our country. Wow. And a name not many people probably recognize. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've given me promise here because you started the book club in your 70s, 80s. And so if I don't get around to it this year, I still got hopefully a few decades (laughs) to get to it. There's always time. It's never too late. (laughs) In and of itself, incredibly impressive that you get together with some of your friends and decide at that stage in life that, hey, let's start a book club and keep learning. That in and of itself is inspirational. One other thing I wanted to ask you about is another thing that you got started is the other, other club. What does that mean, the other, other club? What's the background? Well, when Winston Churchill was a young man first in Parliament, the Parliament itself was known as the club. And Churchill liked enjoying good food, good drink, and good conversation. Mm -hmm. Got a group of guys together, and they called it the other club. There was a person in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, who considered Churchill his hero. And uh, so he formed the other other club hmm. in Madison. And I read about it and thought, we've just got to do that in Tulsa. Hmm. We've done that about 20 years and uh, had a lot of fun with it. My understanding is a black tie affair. Tell us a little bit about what goes on in a well, other club meeting. Well, it's a... Uh, annual commemoration of Churchill's birthday. Hmm. And we have a Churchill scholar that gives us his stories and a lecture on Churchill and what he did and the history he went through. We do the same thing that Churchill did. We have good drink, good uh, food, and good conversation during that period. Good. Since Churchill's one of your heroes, that speaks a lot to really venerate your hero. Not only that, but learn uh, about his life and celebrate his life annually. So I think that's great. Well, you know, we've had 20 laureates here now, Brock Prize winners. And I'm curious if, I mean, all of them are worthy of conversation and and hopefully we'll get a chance on this podcast to interview many of them. But is there any laureates or winners that stick out to you or their ideas in particular over the years? Well, I, I think that uh, our most recent one is a, is a great, great example of what we'd like to see. He's a that uh, conceived the idea of the of the echo, which mm-hmm. is a way to uh, spread ideas and uh, help people with their problems. Yeah, another one uh, created uh, College of Engineering, and I think that was a it's a new way to teach engineering. I think that's a great yeah example. I'm sure that resonated deeply with you, both kind of combining the idea of teaching, education, and learning, but then mm-hmm. also your love and passion of engineering. Yes. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll hopefully, you know, be able to interview Dr. Sanji Varora, the winner of this year's Brock Prize Laureate. He's a good one. Yep, for sure. I love that. So I, I've heard this and, you know, I've been to your office enough times and seen the photos on your walls. You are quite the outdoorsman throughout your entire life. What role has the outdoors played in your life? I've always loved the outdoors and uh, enjoyed camping, hiking, mm-hmm. skiing. Mm-hmm. It just uh, renews your life. Yeah. Uh, it's exhilarating and uh, it's, 
can. And it's good for your health too if you exercise. Yeah, because you clearly are a hard worker. What What is the importance of you think stepping away from work at times, and how has the outdoors helped you be better? Well, you have to job? clear your mind occasionally. <laughs> That's good. And it's uh, inspirational, it too. Is. Yeah, I agree. I, I have a similar passion. We have a, we're kindred spirits in that. I also love to ski. Tell our listeners, just when was the last year of your life that you skied? Well, uh, I'm 91 now, and it's been about a year since I quit. <laughs> <laughs> that in and of uh, itself is impressive. Well, so. you know, the body doesn't last forever. <laughs> you have to. And from stories, to the body. from stories I've heard, you are, you are a tough man to keep up with on the slopes. Well, those are exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> and also, John, you just got back from a trip from Africa just a few weeks ago. So before your 91st birthday or leading up to it, you took a two-week trip to Africa. What was that about? Well, I have a deal with my grandchildren, of which I have 12, that um, if they become Eagle Scouts or the female equivalent thereof, they can go anywhere in the world they want for two weeks. And six of them have completed that. And this was the sixth, the trip, recent trip to Africa. And was there any memorable things about that trip? Oh, it's just great to, to be one-on-one with your grandchildren hmm. in a place where you can just get to know each other and uh, hope people remember it all of his life. Wow, that's powerful. Clearly, you're a man of legacy, and that's important to you. Speak to that. Speak to you. What's the importance of leaving a legacy within just your own family and instilling? You talk about that one-on-one time. Well, you know, you want your family to be uh, sustained, I guess, and be important. And I think uh, that uh, getting to know each other and creating family uh, stories is very important hmm. to pass down. And if you want what you've done and the kind of person you are to continue, you have to do that. Yeah, I love that. Well, if you could share one message to the world, what would that be? It would be that the most important thing we do in this life is educate our children and pass on the good things that you've done and that other people have done in hopes that they will continue them. Well, thank you, John. I know that you've actually not, that's not only your, what you say, but what you did is pass on what you think the most important things in life are to your children and to educate them and your success in many ways to look at that that term. So glad for you to be here today. Yeah, it's been a, a real privilege and honor. I think we can all learn a lot from studying the life of, of you and just a legacy of generations and decades of learning and value and education. And we're, we're just thankful for your partnership. Well, thank you. You're very kind. Thanks for tuning in to Innovating Education. Visit the Brock Leadership Lab website to learn more about our creative work focused on cultivating and sharing education's best ideas. Links to our website and any reference materials in this episode can be found in the show notes.